Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and I am so excited about this week's guest. She is a makeup artist based in New York. She's Saudi Moroccan. Welcome, Aya Tariq. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you too. I'm so excited to have you on, but I literally don't know why I just made your name white and I called you Ayatarik instead of Ayatarik, which like, I, I don't, I swear to God, like something switches in my mind and I suddenly start saying like homeless, like homeless. Like I don't, even, <laughs> I just can't, I have no control over my pronunciation when I'm speaking in English. It's so hard to switch back and forth. Oh my God. It really, it's, it is it's hard in certain ways. I find that like in English, when I'm pronouncing Arabic words, I like make them white. Like that's something that I notice that I do a lot. But for some reason, when I speak in Arabic and I insert words in English, because yeah. I, maybe I don't know the word for it in Arabic, it, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's, it's this normal pronunciation. I don't like suddenly say it with like an Arab accent. So I don't know what that's so like. funny because I do that when I'm pronounce, pronouncing brand's name, like on my tutorials on Instagram. I'm like, why I can't say this right now? It's because like I'm in Arabic mode. So I'm yeah. like, can't say it in English the right way. And like, it's just so weird. I don't know what my brain is doing, but it's like a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> And you do, so you post these really cool, like, makeup tutorials, and they're, like, in Arabic, and I don't know why they're so soothing to me. Oh. Like, I just can, like, watch, like, I just have it on in the background and listen to you <laughs> talk about makeup in Arabic, because I've never really seen an Arabic makeup tutorial. So it was, like, oh, really? I, I, I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't follow too many makeup artists, mm. because, like, I'm a very minimal makeup kind of girl like I'm not I love to do that smoky eye. You I know what I mean <laughs> I love the looks that you have on I I, I stalk you too so don't worry <laughs> it, it's it's a mutual stalking but it's yeah I I like your makeup looks a lot because I find that a lot of them are like a very glowy clean skin and then like the eyes will be like really beautiful but like yes. even though I'm never gonna do that I'm like I'm still gonna watch this because I love hearing you talk about makeup in Arabic oh. I don't it's so soothing you don't have to do it on yourself just you know whenever you are back to New York at some point to visit or something I would be more than happy to give you a look (laughs) so fun and also yeah if I can ever go back to New York ever again um but I also I I don't know I will say I feel like my face is a type of face where like I can't handle a lot of makeup do you know what I'm talking about like yeah definitely I I feel like that is a thing with um with a lot of people, like if you grew up like being maybe like not scared of makeup, but you don't want to look like too much. Like there's a yeah. the thing about us like that we want to look pretty, but we also don't want to be like communicate that we're high maintenance or something. Yeah. So we're just like afraid of makeup. And to me, I like for the longest time, I always loved makeup. I always had fashion, uh, like passion for it. But it's always been like kind of like a scary thing. I'm like, is this too much? Does it look like makeup? So that's why my approach is always like really, really clean skin. Yeah. And then I would like be like, but I'm not that scared because I would like slam like a red liner on and go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's about balancing. That's what makeup is about. It's really like about like balancing things out. Like you can do both like eyes and lips if you have like a nice fresh editorial skin going on. And you can just like do heavy contouring and all of that and make everything else look more natural and dialed down. It definitely depends on the personality, on someone's feature, on like their features and what they're wearing and all of that. It's just like 
it's one of those things. You got to feel it out for a while. For sure. And I, makeup is fun in that way because like 90% of the time I would say I do my makeup where it almost looks like I'm not wearing makeup where if someone sees me with makeup or without makeup, they almost can't tell. That's usually my go-to. Just, I love that. That's just what I like to do because I'm like, I don't want to look different. I like the way I look. And also I just you know, I want it to be easy. I want it to be super easy, like little enhancements here and there. You know what I mean? Like my eyebrows more full and fluffy and stuff like that. But every now and then I just have this like urge, usually when I'm going nowhere, I swear to God, it's always when I have nothing to do. I'm like, I'm going to just do like a crazy makeup look. I'm just going to go and like, (laughs) and like, I'm like, it's always the days that I actually have nowhere to be. And then I'm just sitting in my house taking a thousand photos of myself. I love it. Um, so I do want to talk about, so you were born and raised in Saudi. Yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. And I moved to the U S almost 10 years ago. And how, I mean, I feel like a little bit of an asshole when I ask someone like, how was it living in Saudi? But like, I, where did you live in Saudi? Oh, I lived. So my, my family is from Medina. Mm-hmm. And, oh wow! Yeah. So, but my my parents had work in Yamba, so we were raised in Yamba. So I I was raised around like a lot of people from different nationality. Like I had Indian friends, I had American friends, I had British friend, like French anywhere that your mind can like any nationality that you can come up with. It was like such an international environment, even though I grew up in Saudi Arabia. Um, and it was such a small town at the time. Like it wasn't a, a huge, like, like everybody knew each other. Like it was a community kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like it's pretty common in certain areas in the Gulf where there's like large expat communities too, because, um, people are there for work and stuff. Did you go to an international school? No, I did not. I went to like, you know, a public school. Yeah. I did not go to an international school, okay. but, um, I just. Like the areas that you lived in, because there was like a lot of um, companies that has to do like with oil work and gotcha. engineers and stuff like that. So um, it was what it's not. What do you what do you call it? Like um, I don't know what's the word, but like z- oh god, I can't think of like, like expats. Like yeah, like the like the no like compounds. It's like oh, okay, okay, okay. Like, so it's like, like an industrial. Yeah, so like. Yamba is like an industrial unit. Like there is Yamba like as a big city and then there's like the industrial unit which looks like they like it looks kind of like an American um an American like buildings kind of like feel to it. That's kind of the feel that it had. So we had like everyone that worked in those in the, like my dad worked for Sabic for example. So anyone that worked in that company lived in the same neighborhood kind of thing. I know? see. Yeah, but it wasn't like a gated thing or anything. But it was great. I had amazing friends. We uh, we we like caused a lot of trouble, like all teenage <laughs> girls do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. And I was always like, I I really want to do makeup, like my whole life. And you know, and I always had this dream of being like, I really want to be part of like fashion week and I really want to like travel and do the thing that I love and be on photo shoots and do films if I can and all of that so it's it's nice to look back and remember that I and know that I still have a community when I go back home because like the last time I went to visit home which was 2018 in December and I went back and everyone was like Aya this is like 
what you've been doing your whole life. (laughs) That's so nice. And that's really, really cool that you do still have that like community back home, like supporting you. And you are kind of like, you know, living, essentially living your dream, which is amazing. It's hard. It's hard to say that, but it is. Yeah, it is crazy for sure. But I mean, yeah, imposter syndrome is like a real thing. Trust me. Like, as someone was telling me the other day, like, oh, you accomplished this, this, and this. And I'm like, what? No, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> I'll fight you. Leave me alone. Don't say that to me. Yeah. Or like the feeling of being like, am I, it's, am I actually an expert in this field? Am I oh actually my doing the thing that, like, that is true to people into myself like I think it's healthy though that we question ourselves but it's it it becomes like unhealthy if if you start saying no to things because you think you're not good enough you know what I'm saying and I mean I will say I have a healthy amount of self-esteem almost too much self-esteem I usually say that I really feel like I have too much but like I even even with that being said I still sometimes I'm like I don't know if I feel like I'm an expert at this, but I think, like you said, it's it's good to think that way because then there's more room for growth. You know what I mean? Then Absolutely. you're not like stunted. You're not like, I am an expert and I have nothing left to learn. I I do feel like I'm good at what I do. However, there's always room to like learn more and grow more and evolve oh, and, yes. and get better and expand your skill set. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also like, here's the thing. When I was... Um, when I was in makeup school, uh, I remember being like t- showing my teacher what I did, and she wouldn't tell me if what I did was. She would only like give me the criticism on something, and I'm like, "Can you just like tell me if this is this part of the makeup is correct so I can move on?" Yeah. And I remember being like, "No, I don't have time for that." And I remember being like in my head, like, "But you don't know, I'm a dweller." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I never think I'm doing good enough. Like, I need someone to be like, this is good, move on, go to the next thing, this is what you need to fix. Like, I need to be reassured that this part that you didn't talk about, you didn't talk about it because it was, like, too embarrassing, but it's more of, like, okay, you got it done. <laughs> and I think that a lot of times, like, in in higher education or at a job, like, there's such a lack of, like, positive reinforcement. Oh, and I really don't know why that is because, like, I mean – if anyone reads about like positive reinforcement, you'll find that people are more likely to continue doing well if you tell them, hey, you're doing well. Or right. like, hey, I if I'm your boss and I'm like, oh, you did a great job on this. It's not going to make me like start doing it wrong. It's just going to make me continue to do it correctly. So like positive reinforcement seems like mutually beneficial for everyone involved. So Absolutely. I don't understand why people are so hesitant to give positive reinforcement. People are so hesitant to give positive reinforcement and then they're not hesitant to give you like um, criticism. Criticism. It's not even criticism. Sometimes it's just like bashing you. Sometimes it's just like I'm trying to put you down. Like I'm, I'm sure you have a, a huge amount of following and I'm sure you get that a lot. But like some of the comments that sometimes you get on social media is just like you, you look like this. This looks awful. You don't know what you're doing, blah, blah. And I'm like, can you please tell me how you do it? Like, I try not to like react immediately to people, you know, to a fault sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's like, c- come on. Like, why is it so easy to bash someone instead of like encouraging someone? I'm not about that. Like anytime someone like tries to send me makeup or something, I always try to find what they did right and yeah. reinforce that first. It just feels better. And then when you're, 
met with some like when you're met with like a a warm and a genuine feedback like that like this you nailed it great job this thing you can tweak this much and it'll be perfect i think people are more open to that than to be absolutely and it feels like you said it feels good to be kind like it's just it's just one of those things that like who's who's at loss here no one everyone's winning when you're being kind like the person you're being kind to is winning you're winning like everyone is winning so like you know let's why is why do people choose to be unkind or focus on the things that they don't like i will never stop being confused when people send me a dm and be like oh like I, like i'll be eating something like ew that looks disgusting it's just like fuck off like no, you're yeah, not like eating why like, why exactly like why why did you think you know what i'm going to do i'm going to tell her that her food that she's clearly enjoying looks disgusting like first of all who the fuck cares what you think about my food second of all like imagine having the energy to to send this message and instead of like saying nothing or sending a message to someone that you do like taking the time to send this unnecessary shitty message that's just gonna annoy me like like I just I can't really understand that mentality because I've never at any point felt the need to say anything negative to anyone online or even in person I, I think that even in friendships when I am going to give someone criticism that could be perceived as negative mm-hmm. I really try my best to word it in a way that doesn't feel like an attack right right and it's it has to do with people being like aware of their own moods and their own thoughts and people sometimes just go online to numb those feelings mm-hmm. you know oh and yeah like I had a fight with my husband that I don't want to like talk about or he doesn't want to talk about and he's ignoring me and he's giving me the cold shoulder so why don't I just like go online and take a shit on someone that I don't really know it's much easier right than to go and like try to solve an issue that you have right there under your nose that's bugging you all day it's it's insane how it's a coping mechanism I guess that's kind of like what I tell myself when someone comes and like takes a shit on me (laughs) I mean yeah and you do have to I think remind yourself that like Imagine what a negative headspace this person is in to be doing this unnecessary negative action. Like they must not be doing okay. And like you said, like for the most part, I don't really say anything, but like sometimes I'm just like, I'm already in a bad mood. So you really pick the wrong time because as much as I preach kindness and I do think I'm a kind person, I can also be a fucking asshole. And like, if you catch me at the wrong time and you provoke me, I'm going to be a fucking asshole exactly. to you. So don't be surprised when I, and oh, the people be like, oh my God, I can't, I didn't think you would respond. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? What yeah. happens when you message something to someone? Like I have like a hundred thousand followers. Even if I had a million followers, they still see your comments and your DMs. Like we aren't suddenly blind because we have a lot. Like I don't know anyone with any amount of following who doesn't read their messages. That's just a fact. It's like insane. people, people have, gotten this idea in their head that people behind the screen are not real people i don't know how it happened i mean i do but i don't but goddamn social media is like i have this complicated relationship with social media to be honest and it has to do with like me as a makeup artist like from an artist perspective not only that um a lot of companies and a lot of people you have to be pre-approved on social media for like people to value your work. So like if I don't have the right amount of following, I'm like reaching out to brands or 
anything like that. Like the brand is like, well, you don't have 10,000 followers. We can't support you. You Which know, is like a completely arbitrary number. Like what the fuck does 10,000 mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, great. But then you have to like have the following to be able to move forward. But then it's like the things that I do is not going to be, I know like what I have in my head and like makeup, I view it as an art as well. So it, I, I know it's not going to be digested now, but it might be digested later in the future and it takes right. a lot of work but right. it doesn't mean that as artists we don't also like deserve like the support to get there does that make sense no for sure it definitely makes sense and I think that social media is such a weird thing and I do think that I will say from what I've seen I think brands are moving away from being so obsessed with your following Mm-hmm. Like, I find that that doesn't seem to be as important anymore. And I think more so what they're looking at is engagement more right. than anything. And, and I think that you are the type of person who I feel like you have a community. And so that's something that's your advantage. And if, and if a brand doesn't see that, and if they don't value that, then like, that's not a brand you want to work with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, I want, I want to use social media. Like, I don't know if you saw one of my stories. I was like, I want to start using this platform with intentions. Like, Mm -hmm. I was just like, I cannot be scrolling on this fucking phone for five hours a day. That's insane. I could have gotten my master's degree by now. (laughs) So I was like, I need to do this with intentions. Like the intentions are like, I want to educate people. I want to show people that it's possible to be a makeup artist. I, you don't have to put tons of makeup on to, to, or like cover up your skin or cover up your identity Mm -hmm. or like carry whatever someone your ex said to you or your high school mean friend, like who give you like a backhanded, like compliment. You don't need to do all of that for anybody. You can be whoever the fuck you are. People don't always have to like you, you know? Oh, I mean, honestly, I, I prefer when people don't like me. I'll be honest with you. Um, it just makes my life easier. (laughs) I was just telling my friend this the other day. I'm like, I literally don't know why people like me. She's like, Nora, you're nice. And I was like, I'm not that nice she's like no you're you don't you're not as mean as you actually think you are and I was like god you're damn it. honest I like that you're very honest and you speak your mind and I was I'm like oh my god yes this girl I, I don't know how to not do it I wish like sometimes I'm not joking I wish I knew how to just not express myself because I'm just like I think that certain people almost don't deserve that side of you. Like, I feel like it it can feel a little draining at times, but like, I don't know how to be any other way. And like, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to someone I've known my whole life or talking to someone for the first time ever. Mm. I think I talk to them exactly the same. Like I'm, I'm the same all across the board. Like it doesn't matter what situation you encounter me in. I'm going to be the same, which I guess in a way is easier for me because you know, I'm lazy. I I feel like you're a person who are like interested in people for who they are. Like that's the vibe that you give me. Like, yeah. Hey, let's skip this small talk and let's get into it. So what trauma do you have? (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Honestly though, Aya, do you want to talk about trauma? Because I talked to my friend Camly, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times yesterday and we just, Sorry, Camly, I'm I'm totally putting you out here right now. But we cry to each other about our childhood trauma. We literally oh just for no fucking reason. I just finished a hot yoga class. I guess I was feeling like a weird. I was in a weird place, and I just started talking to her about yeah. like some weird shit. And then she started talking to me about it, and then she started crying, and then I started crying, and I was like, oh but th- but those are like the real 
ridiculous conversations. And like, those are the conversations that I feel like move us as humans towards like healing and then becoming better versions of ourselves, which is what I know. I don't know about everyone else, but that's what I'm striving towards. Like being the best version of myself. And I think that because you deserve to be the best version for yourself, for yourself, like of yourself, for yourself, you know, like we deserve to live with like some peace. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think that like, it's, it's, so scary to like unpack these hidden parts of ourselves that we've concealed so well mm-hmm. and to to actually sit there and unravel it and be like, wait, maybe this is how I actually felt about it. But I just like pushed that to the side so that I could like cope with it at the time because it was too much. But then like actually having to like look at it. Oh my God. Like that that's literally what happened to me yesterday. It was like, I had this like epiphany yeah. earlier this week where I was yeah. like, what happened? I, it, nothing. That's the thing. Nothing happened. It's just like one of those things where like something pops into your head. And I, I, I had a realization. I was like, I think when I was a little kid, I felt like I was a burden on my parents because my mom had me when she was 41 years old. And so my parents were always older. My dad was older. My mom was older. And I think that I just like internalized this feeling of like, I'm a burden on them. They're so old and tired. And so like, I started doing certain things to try to like, be less of a burden, even though they weren't trying to make me feel like I was a burden. That's just something that like, I felt, I felt empathy towards them because I could so clearly see that, okay, my parents are much older than other people's parents. So like they're tired and I can see that they're tired. And so as kids, we pick up on things like we're more honest about what we see on people. Like, like, I feel like people now as adults can manipulate us more than when we're children. Cause like, I see my daughter like picking up on my feelings before I even realize that I'm experiencing something. You know, and it and it's so insane. And honestly, like I can't even imagine what it's like to be a mother because I see oh, the way <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Sorry, I curse a lot. No, I curse a lot too. It's fine. Fuck shit. It's fine. <laughs> but how old is your daughter? So my daughter is six. She just turned six last week. She's so cute, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. And like speaking of like I like I would I would talk to myself sometimes. <laughs> Fine, I would totally like, walk around and like talk to myself sometimes and I remember like trying like with this quarantine like trying to squeeze myself into these jeans and she, I didn't realize that she heard me and I was like mm-hmm. oh my god like I gained weight I look I look so bad I need to lose this weight and I just look so ugly and I hate it my skin doesn't look right blah blah and she goes you don't look ugly mommy don't say that about oh yourself god. and I was like oh my god and like I thought it's just that moment and I fixed it, you know, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I was just frustrated with the clothes. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah. Like, like weeks later, she's like, oh, do you remember when you said this about yourself? Oh my God. Oh shit. Like, I really have to like, be careful about how I word, how I speak to myself, not only for myself, but also I'm raising a a girl who's going to grow up to be a woman. And I'm just like, I don't want her to feel that way at all, you know? And I don't want her to talk to herself like that. So 
the unpacking and the healing, it feels sometimes like, oh, it's better not to do this and keep myself together the way it is because like it would be selfish to go through the process and the process of like unpacking trauma and all of that. It's shitty. It's shit everywhere. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's so shitty and it's so scary, but I think ultimately it's so worth it. Like change in general, I think a lot of times change is great, but most of the time change is terrifying. And when you're unpacking these emotions there is going to be change and it's going to feel really scary because these are heavy emotions. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, especially, I don't know uh, about you, but like, I grew up thinking of my parents are like perfect parents. Oh my God. I, uh, that's what I was telling my friend yesterday. It was like, I literally was unable to think of them as of anything other than like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, I don't know if it's like an Arab thing to be honest, Maybe. because you think so? I, so what my friend told me, because she's Arab too, and she's Muslim, and she told me, she's like, I think it comes from like this Islamic perspective that your parents can essentially do no wrong. Not that they can't do no wrong, but like you should have the utmost respect for your parents. Right. I think that's very heavily emphasized in in Arab and Muslim households. And I think that a part of that does really impact the way we view our parents. And I I don't even think it's necessarily like a bad thing, but it did make it very hard for me to humanize my parents. Yeah. Or to think that they made a mistake and it's okay to, to think of them as like people. Exactly. And like they made a mistake. They didn't intend for it to negatively impact me. And that's okay. Like people are growing and and my parents are very cool, intelligent people. But like, yeah, they're coming to terms with the fact that they don't do everything right all the time is still a difficult concept for me to grasp because I'm like, I love them so much. I respect them so much. But like, yes, they did this thing and it kind of fucked me up a little. Yeah. No, I share with you the whole burden thing. Like I, I think I, I grew up rebelling a whole lot. So I grew up like wanting to date guys. I grew up um, talking about seeing a dude or calling the guy on the phone and all of that. And of course my parents caught me and it was like drama everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, like I remember, I think it was middle school that I just like, I had like an innocent crush on like our neighbor and, um, our neighbor kid and he, and like someone kept, caught the news in school and then I remember like a lot of like that's my anxiety what my anxiety come came from a lot of parents would call the school and be like make sure my daughter is not friends with Aya oh my god and like so I just had the silent treatment for a good while and I didn't have like many friends or like if I did have friends it was like a complicated relationship where they go between like slut shaming me and not slut shaming me and being confused and then we're having a crush by the way (laughs) it's it's such an innocent thing like why is that like a huge deal but like I grew up in like a very conservative environment like where where the school, what the school was and all of that, it was hard. It was really hard. So now if someone looks at me a certain way or someone doesn't like say good job, for example, or someone like, um, uh, like would say a word in like a moment when they don't really mean it, I take that to heart. But like, I have to be like this feelings, like these feelings are coming up right now. Mm -hmm. They don't belong to this moment. They belong to the past. 
Oh my God, that's such a healthy way to think about things. Holy shit. Yeah, I have to do that. Like I'm training, I still do and struggle. And some days, you know what? I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to be angry about the past and about now. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And like, and I think that like this feeling of feeling like a burden Mm-hmm. is something I realize is not uncommon to women, specifically to women. We feel like we are a burden. And I know that as an Arab woman, I, I, I genuinely think that I will always feel like a burden to my parents until I'm married, which is so fucked up because I'm independent. Oh. I live alone. I pay for everything myself. You, you, but I, it, it's this weird thing that I feel like is so difficult to erase. And it's not like my parents are telling me like, Hey, you're a burden. But like, I know deep down inside, my parents will feel this sense of relief mm. when I married. Like and they that- want to make sure you're with someone who would like take care of you, yeah. but like yeah. they're taking care of you. That's exactly. the thing. That someone Did is you ever try to have that conversation with them? Oh my God. So, so last week I decided after family dinner, all my siblings had left and I was alone with my parents. And I was like, you know what? Let me try to like, let me try to initiate some healthy conversation with my parents and let's see where we can make this go. And I was like, mom, like when you were, when you were younger, like what's one thing you wish your parents like did or said to you that like never happened. And she Mm -hmm. was like, um, you know, my mom was a very serious woman. She had a good sense of humor my dad was very sweet, very loving. Um, no one really ever said I love you to me, but that's okay. I knew they loved me. But honestly, all I ever wanted was a desk. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I just really wanted a desk. Like, I just really wanted a desk to study on. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I can't talk to you. Like, that, and, and it's it's times like that that I realized that not only is there this huge generational difference, my parents are both in their 70s, okay? Oh, yeah. Like, they're 70 year old Palestinian people. The, they lived through so much trauma from the war that they lived through that they didn't have time. I don't think they had time to, to think about and think to think about other things. And I'm sure my mom has trauma. I tell her this all the time. And she's like, yeah, maybe who can say she always, she's always like, Allahu alam. I'm like, what mom, what are you saying? Allahu alam means like only God knows basically. And I'm like, no yeah, mom, yeah. you have trauma. Like you live through a war. Like that's not normal. Like on 4th of July, when fireworks go off, my mom like has to like go to bed so she doesn't hear fireworks. I'm like, yo, oh, you have like I hate to break it to you, mom. And she's like, it's okay. And I'm like, it's actually, it's not, but that's fine. Oh um, my but- God. Yeah. No, I feel like that's the thing. Like your parents are also like our, our parents are also like scared if they talk to us that way, then, then we will be concerned about them. Like every time I try to talk to my mom, I'm like, you know, you have trauma, like, you know, because my mom was raised in a huge family. She was the youngest kid. She lost her dad very young age. And then her mom left her with her like older sisters to take care of and um, moved to Saudi Arabia. And then she went back and brought my mom to Saudi Arabia. And like my mom had like no man figure in her life. So mm-hmm. anytime my dad would be in a bad mood or would like feel a certain way and he wants to be alone, my mom is just like have this like abandonment issues that she would never admit to. <laughs> you know and she's like why is he acting like that i just don't get it i just don't yeah yeah i'm like okay like you both have like some issues i think you both need to go to therapy and she's like you go to these therapists and they fuck with your brain like i don't want to be like you i'm like oh thanks mom great awesome (laughs) i'm doing the work but you know what i'll pat myself on the back (laughs) 
It's literally, I, I swear to God, I think that Arab parents love their children so do. In, so intensely, but also simultaneously, they just love, they love to shit on us and like add additional, like just unnecessary stress. It's like, hmm, I know that this is going to give you immense anxiety, but let me just text you. <laughs> let this me great, bring it up and rub yeah, it in let, your face. Let me just text you at eight o'clock in the morning when you're starting your day and maybe you're in a good mood, but now you're going to cry. It's just like, <laughs> mama, you did this for what? Like I literally, I, I'm like, I'm going to humility you. for you for this morning. <laughs> but what, what was your relationship like with your parents? Like growing up, like, did you have an open relationship with them? Was, or was it more so like the kind of stereotypical relationship that I find most Arabs have with their parents well, like I, living a double life. They, I definitely had a double life. Like I think um, my, my parents did their best for sure. And they were very open-minded and like both my parents are very open-minded to the, like compared to the environment that they were brought in. Yeah. Uh, my dad has always been super supportive. He never like forced me to do anything, you know, even though like, he had all the power to, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but my dad was never like that. I definitely hit things from them. Like they always were like, this is like an open, safe space. You can talk to us. But every time, like I try to talk to them about something, they'd be like, Oh my God, it was a trick. People are going to talk about us. Like, it's just like so dramatic for them that I was like, I'm just going to spare you this and I'm just going to handle my business my way. (laughs) Yeah. And I but think that like wanted me to be a doctor or like an engineer or like a teacher or something. And like, I think to this day, every time I say like, oh, I'm working, they're like, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I'm like, you guys know I'm a makeup artist. And they're like, yeah, that's your hobby. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I feel like we're living parallel lives because oh when I tell my mom I'm working, I'm pretty sure she thinks that means I'm just like, taking selfies like in the yeah. corner I, I don't I genuinely don't think she like understands what I do which is it's fine um fine you know. things changed so much and so fast and will continue to change so fast that we can't like really judge them judge them I think like it's right yeah we have to give them a little bit of a break like it's okay you don't get it I don't I don't need you to get it For sure. and I think that like I think I agree with that so wholeheartedly and I think that there is I think that in therapy, like traditionally, like, you know, you would like kind of unravel these feelings and then maybe, you know, write a letter to your parents or I don't know, like try to tell them about these feelings that you have. I don't feel that way at all about Arab parents. I think that you should not tell them those things because I know that any times I have tried to, my mom takes it very much so as an attack on her, on her, like as a mother. Right. Like, and, and I'm not trying to say that she's a bad mom. She's not. She's a great mom. She's super cool. Great role model. But like, if I tell her, like, you know, when you do X, Y, and Z, it makes me feel this way. She's like, oh, so I'm the worst mom in the world. You know what? Yeah, I'm the worst mom in the world. Yeah, I, you had a terrible life. I'm the worst mom in the world. You know what? I'm going to go make dinner because I'm the worst mom in the world. And I'm like, oh my oh, God, that was super unproductive. Um, so I just come to the point where I realize maybe it's different with younger era parents. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I can only talk about my experience, but like. Yeah, I mean, my parents are younger than yours, but they still like, I feel like it depends on which which mood on which day I ca- I like catch them in. Okay, okay. 
So like I learned to set those boundaries of being like, today I don't feel good. And I know if I call my mom about this thing, she's going to give me the same fucking cassette. I'm not calling her about this thing. So like I know when to like talk to them and when not to talk to them. And it's also good because like I'm also like, okay, I can process these things with just me being in a country on my by myself. <laughs> right, right. You have distance on your side in that aspect. Yeah. So yeah. So that's like that's really helpful. And also like there's things that I'm just like, you know what? It's it's hard for them to relate. So why put them in that position? You know? Exactly. And and there's and I think it's like knowing your parents is so mm-hmm. important. And like if I can say something to my parents and then give them an example that I believe that they can relate to, that does really help them understand like a lot better. It's actually insane how if I can compare it to something that they have experienced, they're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But I, there is such a vast cultural difference right? And and generational difference. There's just a huge gap where I feel like it is very difficult to communicate because also both of my parents speak English fluently, but I do find that there is almost still a little bit of a language barrier. I can't Mm. like, I just feel like, and then when I try to talk to them in Arabic, I don't have the vocabulary. And then also like, I, for some reason can only like yell when I speak in Arabic like and I seem very upset and then my mom's like why are you yelling and I'm like I just don't know how else to talk in Arabic this is how I communicate Arabic it's very out of language (laughs) it's very hostile okay when I speak in Arabic it's just very 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 hostile it's just passionate it's very passionate like I find myself also like being a little bit louder and then talk a little bit faster when I'm talking in Arabic and I think it's because like I can express a lot of like like things and like the humor is so funny like yeah. it's just there's things that you can't express in English but then for sure vice versa like there's a lot of things in Arabic that I'm just like in, in English that I can't just translate in Arabic and it has to do a lot with my feelings it's so interesting it really is and I think that like there's all these kind of obstacles and, and I think it's like you were saying earlier, like, I just like come to accept certain things about them that like, I can't change and I can't make them understand. And like, I just have to come to terms with it. Because ultimately, you know, maybe I I, maybe I've moved out of the mind frame of everything my parents do is perfect. Mm -hmm. But I still think that like, in the grand scheme of things, they're pretty great parents. And so like, they almost deserve this like freebie where I'm just like, I'm just going to let this shit go and I'm going to have to deal with it on my own. And maybe that's not ideal. And maybe other people would disagree with me. But I think that as an Arab or any other different culture, every culture is so different. And it just like, regardless, I still have this certain level of respect for my parents that like, of course, yeah. It's something that like, I, I wasn't just fed this information as a child. So I'm blindly following it. It's something that I genuinely believe. I'm like, parents do so much and sacrifice so much and work so hard to do everything. They deserve lots of slack, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, if they're a good parent, because there's like, definitely some really bad parents out there that just don't give a shit about their kids. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, my parents never earned it they never beat me they never verbally abused me they never 
they never like made me like, I had a very, I would say privileged upbringing in the sense of like, my parents really asked for very little from me and were pretty nice to me. But you know, maybe they didn't give me as much attention as I felt like I needed. But you know, that's what happens when your mom is working all the time and your dad is doing his own thing and, and you have yeah. five older siblings and like, there's a lot, there's a lot to factor in that you're like, I don't know how I would have handled that situation differently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially like being brought up, I'm guessing you were born here. And yeah, 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 yeah. I was born here. Yeah. Like if you're born here, it's like, just like, just me right now being a mom around this time, like with the pandemic and everything, I'm just mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, like I have one child and I'm overwhelmed with like doing school from home with her yeah. and money and like the fact that we don't have like free health insurance. We don't have like all the things that like, you know, basic human rights that enable us to be like better parents eventually mm -hmm. and have better people in the future who are like healthy and don't get a fucking divorce if she wants to get married one day. You know, like, it's just, there is, the environment that you're in is also, like, it's, 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 it, it makes your breaks you, you know? And, like, the fact that your mom had five kids in the United States and she is an immigrant and she's had, like, a history of being, like, in an, a war area in yeah. Palestine, that's a lot, you know? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, like, I was number six and she had me when she was 40. So, like... Homegirl was tired. Homegirl needed to take a nap. Okay. <laughs> she was not, she was not taking a nap. And so I'm like, Aww. you know what? Like I, I get it. I wish things were different in certain ways, but like, I get it because that, like you said, like I have a, one of my sisters has two boys. Okay. And when I come over and I see her like trying to get anything done with them, I'm oh like, how the fuck do you do anything when, when you have six kids? Like how, how do you accomplish literally anything? Like, how do you not just like, honestly kill yourself? Cause I'm like, yeah, I, I, like I would fucking kill myself. What the fuck? Like, or like them. literally, you're like, like yeah, my, gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Like literally my sister will try to go pee and, and her kids will be banging on the door. Like someone just shot her like mama, mama, what are you doing in there? She's like, I'm peeing. Like, and then, and then they have to come sit in there. And then one of them is like sitting on her lap while she's peeing. And the other one is like talking to her. And then she's, why aren't you paying attention? It's like, what the fuck? Like you can't, you can't even pee. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I don't, I, I literally am just like, I, I can't imagine what that's like. And so oh I do God. try to have empathy, but at the same time, I'm like, I do still think, think I almost got really Southern. I was like, thank, but I think it's really important to value those those feelings are, are, are like, give yourself time to like heal from those feelings that you had and like give them value in that. Like, you know what? I, I was allowed to feel that way and it was okay that I felt that way. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. And, and so you, so you moved to, when you moved to America, did you move to New York right away? No, actually, I moved to, I had a scholarship. So I moved to Ohio. I went to Kent State University. And um, I just didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I've always had like, interested in beauty and fashion and blah, blah. And like Kent State had a fashion program. But then 
uh speaking of parents i was like oh maybe i should do a fashion program and they're like what are you gonna do like you traveled across the universe to become a fashion person like that's not yeah. cool. like they always my dad always wanted me to be a doctor but like my grades i had no interest in being in a classroom and a learning environment that is just like boring like you need to tell me why am i learning the thing that i'm learning and how i'm gonna apply it in the future and I'll be interested, you know, like the minute I learned about like color theory and stuff, I was like, oh, this applies to makeup. This is so cool. Like being in college and I was like, oh my God, red lipstick change under like green light. Oh my God, that's so awesome. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that I feel like we were not provided <laughs> in a yeah. learning environment. So yeah, so like going through college, I just did like teaching English as a second language. Um, and I traveled and I taught in Germany for a while. And oh then my God, I thought so cool. Yeah, and then I taught in Kent State for a while, and then I was just like, Okay, I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you just like decided to move to New York, was it? Yeah, it was just like I wanted to move to New York, but there is like speaking of like uh, unpacking, right? Like unpacking your feelings and who you are and all of that. I was just like so hesitant to, because I've done makeup my whole life. Like I like my experience is like ten years of experience, and um, I'm just like I was just like so hesitant to be like this is how I'm gonna make money. Yeah, like, it was a huge decision to be like. I don't want to have a job. I don't want to have a regular job. I want to be a freelance. I want to be a businesswoman. I want to make money from making people feel great about themselves. That's what I want to do. And um, so I was like, I wanted to go to New York, but I didn't know that I really wanted to. Do- I knew I wanted to do makeup, but I just didn't admit it out loud, I guess. Yeah. It's, so- scary. it's a scary thing to be like, hey, I'm going to rely solely on this creative freelance field yeah. because if you've ever worked in freelance, it's very much like unstable in a lot of ways. Like even if someone tells you you're going to get paid in 30 days, that doesn't mean you're going to get paid in get- 30 days. Yeah, exactly. Like don't believe them. Make sure you have a contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and even with a contract, you still might not get paid in 30 days because they're like, you're not going to get a fucking attorney for this. Like, it's going to cost you more to get an attorney for this than to actually just wait for us to pay you. It's it's so fucked up. But, but I will say, I think it's getting better, like the treatment of freelancers. But yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. I just yeah. like went off a little tangent. No, 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 no. It's all good. But yeah, you're right. Like there is like, you have to just be able to own it and like stand up for yourself. And that's the thing that being a makeup artist, I learned that I have to stand up for myself. I have to be bold. I have to be able to let, like, let's talk money. What is the rate that you have? I don't, this is not my rate. Thank you so much for the opportunity mm-hmm. to say no. Learning when is maybe an opportunity doesn't like arises where there is someone who is awesome that you always wanted to work with, but there is no fee. Would you take the job or not take the job? Like how to gauge those type of stuff. Like, it's just so important to know, um, when to say no, I think, and not like be burnt out, you know? For sure. And I, and I, like everything that you're saying is like a hundred percent true. It's like, if someone is not offering you the amount of money that you deserve, and unless it's like your dream brand or dream person to work with, you can say no, like you don't, 
it's not, it's not like they're never going to reach out to you again. In fact, I, in my experience, when I've declined an offer because I felt as though it was below my rate, they've just circled back like in a year even and been like, Hey, now we have the budget to accommodate for your rate and like, or whatever. And like, now we have a bigger budget. So we want to work with you. Yeah. 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 And like, and that's the thing I think in the beginning of your career, like people who are freelancers, like if you're in the beginning of your career, you always feel like, Oh my God, I'm going to miss out. Like, Mm -hmm. no, nothing is forever. Really? Like even people that I was like, Oh, I burned a bridge with this person or like they burned a bridge with me. It's never going to go back to like being, you know, like you never know until like they slide back into your DM and be like, Mm -hmm. Hey, sorry about that. Let's get coffee and fix things and like actually be an adult. So I think it's very important to, um, learn what is like good for you and what is like good like who is good to you and what's good for you you know like there is like there is that's the thing about freelancing there's a lot of that you know like there is jobs where I was like $50 a day for a film job fuck you know that's insane that is insane right but I took the job and that's and then I met a producer and then that's how I met Christina and I like did the makeup for her movie you know which by the way so I watched the film and the makeup was insane like I was like mesmerized by it it was like truly magical and it was so beautiful I mean the film itself um the name of it is escaping me at this very moment in time but like well yeah I cried twice I'm pretty sure maybe three times who can say but it was such a good short film and the the makeup was so good no Christina is really cool so Christina Hutchinson who's been on my podcast before and then she's also the host of guys we fucked which Aya has been on their show and then I was on their show recently even though I have not listened to the episode that I was on because I just can't do it um I don't know about you, but like, I can't listen to myself on other people's podcasts. I hate my own voice. I want to, I have been thinking about starting a podcast for the longest time, but I'm like, I cannot edit my own podcast. I would throw up. I can't. I mean, let me, let me tell you as someone who edits her own podcast, because I'm crazy um, and I have control issues. And so I'm like, only I can edit it. Um, So I'll let you know the whole time I'm editing it. When I, when it gets to the point where I'm talking, I skip through it. Like I don't edit anything that I say because I can't bear to listen to it and the times that I've tried to edit my parts of the conversation yeah. I literally will out loud start saying Nor, shut up oh my god shut up like <laughs> I am just telling myself to shut up as I'm listening to myself it's very fucking weird and honestly might seem like I have like a personality disorder but like I just can't I can't You're listen dumb. to myself this is normal this is what it is it's so hard but I just want to say one thing before I forget about Christina because we we're just talking about freelance and all of that and me and me and Christina like we're friends uh now after like I worked on the film with her we liked each other and everything and I really appreciate because this is one of the things that you probably know I'm really passionate about it's like giving freelancers the opportunity and people asking for their own for what they think they deserve and like just supporting other creative people like that especially like Arab creatives because people of color we don't see enough of them on set and um that's the thing about christine like even we're friends every time she has something coming up she calls me and she's like i i want to hire you and that like 
I always tell her like, oh my God, you just made me fall in love with you even more. But because she's not like, hey, can you do me this favor? Or like, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, I want to hire you because I respect that this is your job. So yeah. you deserve to be compensated for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's one thing to be like, hey, girl, I just don't know how to use this eyeliner. Can you just tell me how to use it? Yeah, it's a different exactly. thing when you're like, bring your kit, come to me, do my makeup, and I'll just post a picture and be like, oh, my God, look at me. You know, I did my makeup. Because that never, like, that exposure that people, like, promise you, it, it never happens. And also exposure, honestly, like... It really honestly doesn't go as far as I think a lot of people think it does. Like you can be posted on someone's account who has millions of followers and the quote unquote exposure you get is usually not really much. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't go, it doesn't go far. So like, please people pay your friends, pay your makeup yeah, artist friends. Exactly. And, and, and just in general, like, Hearing about that, like her meeting you, her connecting with you, and then like continuing to support you, like that's something that I think as women or as for myself as a woman, I try to do more. I try to show support for people in whatever way I can. Or like if if someone is like, hey, I I saw that you worked with this brand or this person, like can you help connect me with them? Like as long as it's not going to cause any issues. Like, yeah, like, sure. I'll connect you with them. No problem. Like sometimes people's contact information is private. So, you know, I have to respect that. But like, if someone is like, Hey, I want to connect with this person. Do you mind sharing their information with me? I'm like, hell yeah, you should yeah. definitely talk to them. Here's their email. Here's their, this, there's that go connect with them. Fucking like I, it's so funny because like, I have a lot of friends who are freelance and I'll, and I'll give them advice because I very openly talk with my friends about like, how much I get paid for things and stuff like that. That's not yeah. something that I would talk about on a podcast, but like with my friends, the people that I know, like, yeah, I'll tell you. Definitely. Like, yeah, I got yeah, I And too. I think these are conversations that in general, and, and this has been said a lot, like I'm not like, you know, I just want to make it clear. I don't think I like came up with this, but like this has been said over and over. Women need to speak more openly within these creative fields because brands and, 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 people will take advantage of you because it's it's not like there's like anything set in stone it's all absolutely very kind of all over the place and and having connections is important and knowing people and being recommended by people those are all things that are really truly helpful yeah absolutely and also like there is also um like an exchange of service that can happen. Like, for example, like if you connect me to this brand, like if you want to connect me to this brand, then I will do this. Like if you need a review, if you need mm -hmm. something that you helped me with that worked out for me, I would like leave, leave some sort of like a review on your business. If it actually like, like helped me with my career, you know? So there is ways around that, but like, it's one thing to ask for like a service service. Like you don't go to a restaurant and be like, I want to order the whatever like salad, but you know what? I'm just going to post a picture on Instagram about it. Like yeah. that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's one thing to be like, you know what? Um, I will come and make a big advertisement for you <laughs> right, and for right. your restaurant and run your social media for you for free for three, for the next three months. How about that? That sounds like a great deal. Let's do that. <laughs> exactly. And like, and, and that's the thing. And like, I, I think that, it also like, I think that another thing that people have to take in mo into consideration is like, when you're building a career for yourself, you kind of want to be selective when you're cultivating your personal brand, meaning, who are you accepting gifts from? 
Who are you associating yourself with? Who, like the products that you're using, what do they, what do they represent? And, and, and all of these things really do matter if you are looking for longevity rather than just like some rapid growth that's gonna, you know, eventually kind of go nowhere. Or if you actually want to create something, yeah, create a community and create this space that like is going to grow and change and, and, and have productive things come from it. It's like, you want to be a little bit more thoughtful in the decisions you make. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, we're just, we just keep circling back to social media, but yeah, that's definitely like something that I think we need to have like more intentions about, you know? Yeah. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like, oh, I'm just trying to be cool. It shouldn't be like, I'm doing this because this is what people expect from me. There's a lot of pressure on artists, like photographers, makeup artists, creative directors, where it's like, this is what people like. Go and look at other people's work and just imitate what other people are doing. I don't think that's right. I think if you feel the pressure to do that, you should take a break from social media. You should t- like, you should just like step back and really be true to yourself. What are you trying to do? What, what is the thing you're trying to communicate to your followers? Because there's 13-year-old girls following you. Mm-hmm. Are you and just trying to say this is what's cool? Or are you trying to send a message to that 13-year-old girl? You know? And, and it's such a it's such a tricky situation because it's like, fuck, like I don't know if I want to be this role model, but hey, I'm in this position. And so there are certain things that I might talk about if I yeah, were to, right. if I weren't to consider those things, I will say there are very certain things that I'm like, I just don't feel comfortable talking about this because I know there are 13 year old girls out there who probably think like, wow, like I want to do what Nora's doing. And I'm like, and I, I, I can't help but feel conscious of that. And so as much as I do feel like I am myself, there are certain things that I will conceal because I know that there are influential in, uh, very influenced young women, easily influenced young women who are are listening, and I don't want to be a negative role model to them. And and yeah. I've had situations before, like I'll always joke, like I love confrontation. Obviously, when I'm saying that, I know that I'm being hyperbolic. I don't love confrontation. It's not like I go into the street and try to fucking fight someone, but. <laughs> I am not afraid of confrontation. Like I I don't have trouble expressing myself if I am in the right. It's not like that doesn't mean I have to be rude. That doesn't mean, I mean, confrontation, I feel like is a word that for some reason people associate it with like anger. But like for me, confrontation is just like, you know, if, if someone shows up 30 minutes late to lunch, I'll tell them like, hey, listen, if you were running 30 minutes late, you really should have told me because when you don't tell me, it feels like you have no respect for my time. That to me is a confrontation. Okay. It's, I'm not being rude. I'm not being anything. I've had people tell me before, like, I, I love how you talk about how much you love confrontation and I'm going to confront this person about this, this, and this. And I'm like, dude, you're just being an asshole. Like you're you're taking this way out of context. Like you're just being a dick. When I say confrontation, I just mean like expressing yourself, like not, not not like just. You can communicate something without being a dick. You know? Exactly. Like, like, your, uh, well, who was Eckhart Tolle, I think, in his book New Earth, maybe he talked about that. And like, what? Like, I think it's in the entry, or maybe the power, like the power of now, or something. But he says there's a difference between getting, like, going to a restaurant, ordering a soup, and the soup is cold. Like when they serve you the soup, it's cold, and being like, "Excuse me, the soup is cold." Yeah you know, or being like, why the fuck can you serve me a cold soup? Like, (laughs) exactly. That's actually 
so perfect because that's exactly what it is. And like, it, I, I, I've gone places before with people and I'm just like, oh, like they, they put, you know, they put something on it that I asked them to take off and I'll ask them and they're like, oh my God, why are you doing that? And I'm like, I mean, I'm not being rude about it, but like I'm paying yeah. for this. And so, you no, know, that's the thing. Like, no, it's okay to be like, I'm sorry. I just, asked okay. for this. and it's okay. Like I, that, and that's the thing. Like, it's not like a lot of things that happens around us also. It's like, it's not personal. Like your friend showing up late right. for example, for lunch, like she's running late, blah, blah. And like, just being like, Hey, like, you know what? I'm not like, this is not about this, but I also need to be aware of my scheduling. Yeah. To be aware of like what's going on with the rest of the day. Cause, but right now, like you showed up late, just so you know, I can't stay for an hour. I actually have to leave in the next 30 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it. not, and it's not meant to be an attack. It's just like, Hey, listen, you're my friend. So I'm letting you know, like, if you're running late, just text me, just text me and be like, Hey, I'm running late rather than, cause I feel like a lot of times people would just rather, almost say nothing because they are afraid of that confrontation and then just show up and hope that it's like, okay. But like in reality, that's in my opinion, kind of disrespectful to the other person because you're not, you're not taking into account their time or whatever it is. And, and it's not being responsible. You're not owning your mistake. There is, there's a charm in being like, I own this mistake. You know, like someone, and that's the thing about my, like me and my partner right now, it was like the thing that we built our relationship on. Cause I had, I don't know if you know this, but I have like two divorces under my belt. So don't rush into marriage girls. (laughs) (laughs) So, so like when I met Sam and I was like, uh, I came from Ohio and I had an interview here in New York and I was like, Oh, can I crash at your place? And he was like, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I showed up at the time and he didn't get the door and like, he's going to kill me here in this podcast. But <laughs> the good thing is that he like, I, I left and I went to a, a friend's house when he didn't like get the door. To be fair to him, I only knocked once. <laughs> <laughs> and like, then I, I left and I was like, at all. <laughs> I just, stood, yeah. in front of I just stood there and waited yeah. for him to read my mind. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> So I went to a friend house and like, he just owned it. He was like, I am so sorry. Uh, I made a mistake. I fell asleep. I should have not, you know, like, I'm so sorry. Please come back. Let me make it up to you. And, and that's, like, that's that to me, I'm like, that's fair. Because if someone who fell asleep unintentionally, like, they didn't do that to hurt you. It yeah, just, yeah, exactly. It, it just sometimes things happen. That's what I'm saying. Like that's a situation where like it's not like he could have texted you before and been like, "Hey, so I'm pretty sure I'm gonna fall asleep in like three seconds." So <laughs> just like kind of text me really quick. Like you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, definitely. That was, that's just like a things happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But he still owned it. He was like, it's not my fault, blah, blah, blah. Like he wasn't like that. He wasn't, he wasn't defensive. And like, and I was like, okay, this is a person who owns up to their mistake. And this is a person who's also like, it's like a perfect apology. Like, I'm so sorry. I hurt your feelings. Let me make it up for you. You know? And that's like just a good way to apologize. I wish more people would apologize that way. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to turn around and come back. It's fine. Nothing happened, you know? And I was like, okay, I can I can build a life uh, for me and my daughter with this man because he 
owns his mistakes and this is like so fucking charming and it's unfortunate like that not a lot of people are like that to be honest like why is it so normalized that like you can just like fuck shit up with people and be like i don't care i just don't care what people think of me like 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 go behind that weird wall that i don't know where it comes like from or like maybe it's your childhood trauma again but uh, yeah it's just it's so it's, charming like so i'm gonna be late i'm gonna be late exactly. i'm so sorry exactly. you know and also like listen i i think that like when people say i don't care about what people think i think they take it to extreme levels like when i say i don't care what people think what i mean is is like if someone disagrees with like my lifestyle or like you know, something super like, yeah, I don't care. But like, if people that I care about or respect feel Mm -hmm. as though I am not showing them that same respect that they're showing me. No, I care. Like, and and it's cool to care about it. Like, it's not uncool. Like, it doesn't make you cool or edgy to like, you know, be a dick. Like, that's not what's cool. Like, like my sister and I, we, we had recently got into a fight, like, you know, like sisters do. And she wouldn't tell me why she was mad at me. And I'm telling you, I, I had no idea why she was mad at me. Like, oh I literally God. had no fucking clue. And I was like playing a detective. I was asking my sisters, my nieces, my mom, Yoda's oh husband. I was like, why is she mad at me? No one, no one knew. No one would tell me. She finally, months later, three months later, texted me. And she was like, I just want to let you know, this is why I was mad at you. And she told me, and as soon as she told me, I was like, Oh my God, because sometimes as humans, we say or do things thoughtlessly, carelessly. I mean, we can't always be perfect all the time. And and that's just part of being a human. But as soon as I realized that I was like, I am so sorry. I never meant to make you feel that way. That wasn't my intention at all. But that being said, I apologize for making you feel that way. Even though that wasn't my intention, I am still so sincerely exactly. sorry. And I hate that I made you feel that way because I, 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 I never want to hurt you. But for and she said, thank you so much for like being so receptive and 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 apologizing. It means a lot to me. And it's like. That situation is like, I feel like a common thing where like someone is upset at you for something and you don't even, you might not even realize that you did anything. And then when they come forward and let you know, the fact that my sister was like, thank you for being so like receptive. It just goes further to prove that a lot of people aren't receptive to situations. Yeah. Like I was that. just going to say that because I thankfully, me, me and like a lot of other friends always say like um, friendship breakups are like harder than, you know, like a marriage, like oh, divorce yeah. kind of thing. It's like, it's really heart wrenching for me when me and like a girlfriend of mine don't talk anymore. Like it hurts so much like it hurts me a lot actually because I just feel like as women sometimes like it's we judge each other a lot too like there's that going on so like it takes it takes a while to find like like a friend who is there like you know whether you're in a good mood bad mood life is good life is bad you know it's hard to find your people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I had one of those uh, friendship breakups where I was like upset with a friend of mine and she was kind of, I was, I was upset with her and I was like, oh, I have to tell her just because I tell people, you know, cause I don't have the right to be upset and make up my mind about what you did. I mean, 
and like I like giving people the benefit of the doubt. So I was like, oh, you did X, Y, and Z and that hurt my feelings. And she was like, well, you had, you did X, Y, and Z and that hurt my feelings. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell me. So I am sorry. You exactly. know? And like, yeah. And and then she was, but the problem is that she was just like, she didn't know what to do with the rest of the anger that she had like piled up for so long. And I was like, okay, new role for me. I cannot be friends with people who don't know how to address like their feelings to me about me. Like if I did something to hurt you, I'm like very receptive. Like if you sat me down and you're like, you said this about, you said this about me or like, and like, and I know you didn't mean it, blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, you did this or you told me this and it hurt my feelings. Like I'm the type of person who like really takes it to heart and be like, I am so sorry. I did not mean it, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I apologize, but like, you can't carry it and like keep a checklist on people and then just kind of like explode. No, you you can pick one thing. If you're, if you, if you, you can't just like be like, and then you did this seven years ago. Like, no, 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 no. Let's focus on the present issue. You can't just like bombard. But but what I will say, something that I've learned about myself, and I don't know if it's a good thing or I don't know if it's a bad thing. I still don't know how to feel about it. But if I, I guess, confront someone with something that they've done to upset me and they are defensive, it makes me never want to tell them anything ever again. Like, yeah. I, like because I'm like, I don't, I gave you a chance. I gave you an opportunity. And you weren't receptive to it and you were defensive. Exactly. This makes me feel like there's no point. And yeah. it's not my job to teach you how to be more receptive to a friend expressing your feelings. It doesn't mean that you hate the person or you know what I mean? It just means that like, I know this about you now. And uh, for me personally, I just am like, I don't okay. want I don't want to try again. Like It's like, like drawing a line, right? Like when someone is being so defensive with you, mm-hmm. it's like drawing a line. It's like, this is how far this relationship will go. Exactly. These are lines exactly. that you can't cross and you don't get to tell me if I'm doing something bad, even if that bad thing is hurting me before it hurts you. Yep. So and what I does j- that mean? That means that this person doesn't view you in the same lens you view them. Exactly. And I think another... It's just, it's one of those things that like, I, I, I almost, because I really do like to give people chances, but for some reason, that's just like one thing that, cause I don't, not much can hurt my feelings. I'm just that type of person. I'm not easily offended. I'm not very sensitive. I'm a very chill. You're, there's really not much. you well, can Aren't do. you so lucky? Yeah. I, Honestly, it's so funny. I was like telling my friend this and she was like, what does that feel like you fucking bitch? Like, must be nice. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. Like I, I just, I don't take things personally, just generally speaking. Like if even like I have so many sisters, so I interact with so many women with so many different emotions. And I think that might be it. But like, I know if my sister is like, if I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. And she's like, what do you think? I fucking work for you. Go get food for yourself. Even though I didn't ask her to get me food, but that's her reaction to me. I'm like, oh yeah, she's having a bad day. Like, and I'm just yeah. like, and it's not like a, oh, I'm your doormat, but it's just kind of like, yeah, I know that you're just like having a moment right now. So like, I'm just yeah. like not even going to take this personally because I know that like you don't feel that hostility towards me. So like, it's cool with me. So I, maybe it's because I have a million sisters and they all have like completely different personalities. It's a big, but- it's a big family thing. Yeah. Cause like yeah. I, I noticed that when I was 
living back home, I had more tolerance to people and mm. like not a lot of things hurt my feelings. But after co- moving here and becoming more of a loner and I felt like for a while, I was just like, oh my God, I cannot like everybody's annoying. Everybody's like hurting me. Everyone is blah, blah, blah you know, yeah. but like, thank God therapy helps so much. Uh, <laughs> so like, learned that things are not personal that people just like walking around sometimes some people walk around sometimes just trying to dump their emotional garbage on you and I'm just like okay looks like you are and sometimes like I say it out loud I'm like looks like someone is grumpy you know you're not having a good day and if you need to talk about it let me know <laughs> and that's why I think self-awareness is so important because I am guilty of being in shitty moods about things. And I will just always make a disclaimer. Hey, by the way, I'm in a really shitty mood. I'm just letting you know that just putting it out there. And if you don't want to be around me right now, that's fine. But like, just just know, this isn't a time to like make little jokes like this. This this is not the time for that, because I will snap. And I don't want to do that. So I try to be very aware of when I am feeling agitated, because I don't want to say something that I don't mean. And I've had to work really hard to control my temper. I mean, I had a terrible temper when I was in my early 20s. Holy shit. Oh, no. I I was such an asshole. Oh, my God. I literally, there there was two nors. There was like happy nor and angry nor. There was no other nor. It's like if I'm sad, I'm angry. If I'm, every emotion was anger. I would just turn everything into anger. And so it took a long time to, to control that and learn how to not, be so angry and not say things that I don't mean and not have just, you know, volatile reactions to things. So, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, that's when I'm most susceptible to kind of reverting back to those old habits. And so I have to be very self-aware of it. And I make these disclaimers like, hey, I am not in a good mood. I'm letting you know that you don't need to pick up on it through my actions. I'm telling you, I'm in a bad mood. Um, and I think that's better being like, you know what? I have to reschedule. Like, I just, yes. I cannot yes. do this. I know I have to, like, these feelings are not going to go away and disappear. They're there to serve something. I can't fucking figure out what this thing is, maybe at this moment. But I just think it's better when people are like, I can't hang out today rather than like hanging out and dumping like their feelings on you. Like, I remember being on set one day and it wasn't even like this person was not only having a bad day it's just a personality trait that they like accepted in themselves and it's like a really bad one where they're just like snappy and they snatch things instead of like taking things from you they snap their snatchers you know what i'm talking about i hate that what are you and she was like in the minute i got on set she was like just so you know i have like i I'm snappy sometimes, and sometimes I snatch things. And I was like, oh, well, I don't like working with people like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I was that's, just like, okay. Just and I assisted her that day. And then I was like, Not, never again. Like, I don't have to do this. Like, no. I don't want to, like, have to kiss someone's ass. And when, at the end of the day, like, they're paying me. I feel like those $100 bills are like coming in with like their poop on it. Like just no, no, the answer is no. Like if that's, it's one thing when someone, I guess what I'm trying to say is like one thing when people are like having a bad day or they're going through something, they have to be working and they can't reschedule. Mm -hmm. It's another thing when you're just like, you just let it become a part of your personality. 
yeah, like this is my personality and you never do the work in the search. Like, and this is the thing that I think pissed me off the most. Cause like, it sounds like you're doing a lot of like unpacking yourself to be like a better version of yourself. I'm doing the same thing. And a lot of people are, but then there's people who just refuse to do the work and choose to be assholes to other people. And I'm just like, I'm not going to reward that behavior. I don't know what you can bring me in this life. I can, 100%. I can get it myself. Don't you for a second think you're just going to give me something that I can get myself. And like, I'm not going to be around you if you're an asshole. It's just not a thing that you I want. You have to protect anymore. your space and your energy and, and the people you surround yourself with. I mean, listen, my mom told me this since I was younger and this is something she was always right about. Like you are a reflection of the people that you're around, whether or not you want it to happen, you will be influenced by the people you surround yourself with. You will just, it, it will affect you in some way, shape or form, whether oh, it's absolutely. external or internal. And, and that's something that I think is so true. And I just, the older I get, the more I am very selective of who I'm giving my energy to because yeah. it's exhausting to yeah. to do the self-reflection and, and do the work. And, and so with the energy you have left, not to be dramatic, that you're not putting towards working, living, sustaining a life, being a part, like, you know, taking care of your family, whatever that is, that energy that you have reserved for friendships is sacred. It's it's, it's very sacred. I want to give it to people who I think are deserving of it. Yeah. And people who are like doing the work and want to heal and like you don't feel like they're making it your responsibility to cheer them up or your responsibility to pull them out of something. Yep. Um, it's just oh like it's not. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. Like, you have to like remember that it's not always your job to pull people out of like a bad place. Yep. Like it's so hard, especially when you, you're like, love this person and they're like really when you're good a friends. Woman. When you're a woman, it's, I feel like it's innate in women. We want to help people who are like in need. We're like, Oh, you're broken. Let me help you. Let me fix you. Yeah. Yeah. But you, but you can't, you can't do that. Like, because what ends up happening is, is people, unfortunately, it just makes them kind of not appreciate you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it just kind of goes downhill from there. I mean, listen, give it a shot, but I'll, I promise you, it's not going to work out in your favor. It's not, it's not good. And that's the thing. Like self-care is not selfish. <laughs> no. When you take time to be like, I'm just going to be at home today doing my own thing and like not interact with people. It's better than going out and ruining relationship because you have something you need to work on. Yep. You know, yep. it's better sometimes not to escape and to just feel your feelings, just sit with them. <laughs> you uh, know, I, just I, I really honestly feel your feelings. Like that is like, I want to get that on a t-shirt because <laughs> I really I think I, I think it's a I think it's a Christina thing that's on the on her uh is it? on her podcast. <laughs> I I literally I swear to god her podcast is so amazing. I'm behind right now, but like and I'll tell you why I'm behind on it. It's it's her po her solo podcast. It's called The Voices in Our Head. It's so good. I've talked about it on my podcast oh, before. God, I love that podcast. They're, they're fun. They're cool. But there's these parts of it that like, for me, I'm like, I really want to take the time to really digest what she's saying. 
And like, and so it takes me a little bit longer to get through her episodes because like I'll pause and be like, okay, I want to think about this. I want what, because she, what she does a lot is she takes um, self-help books and she kind of talks through the different kind of um, lessons in these books. And, and it's, it's really, really cool. She does a good job of making self-help fun, which yeah, I, really, I really like. And here's the thing, like, it's not also like there is this, there was this thing that was giving me anxiety for a while is like, just like this positivity like the fake ass positivity it's like yeah. you need to ever oh you got kicked out of your job it's a blessing it, like you opened your eyes no. in the morning and your parent died but you're still alive it's a blessing it's like, no. like fuck you how about that yeah like your your feelings are there to serve something and like it's healthy to feel them and it doesn't mean that they're always right you know but it's healthy to feel it and go through the process and not be like just like, like, I think there is, there's also like toxic, what is the word? Toxic, toxic, pos- toxic positivity, toxic positivity. <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. It's super fucking annoying. You're allowed to be a positive person and not be super fucking annoying about it. Like you were saying, like if someone loses their job, don't be like, well, count your blessings. At least you have the, shut the fuck up. Like this person just lost their job. They're allowed to be upset about it. It's upsetting. Yeah, yeah it's upsetting. So it's like, I just can't also like deal with that. Anymore. No, I don't think anyone should, because quite frankly, it's super fucking dumb. And I think that truly what it comes off as is like, you just don't want to have to deal with my emotions. And I'm not asking you to, I'm just letting you know, this is what's going on in my life. I'm not asking you to deal with it. But I'm telling you, I feel like it's a way for people to shut you down. That's what it feels like. It feels like they're just trying to shut you down, because your feelings feel inconvenient to them. And you can, you can let someone know like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot right now. So I feel like this is too much or whatever the fuck. But don't sit there and make it seem like, but you're still so hashtag blessed. Like, fuck off. Yeah, I cannot deal with that. I'm just like, like, people are allowed to be upset. People are allowed to say, life fucking sucks right now. It, it's not it's not going my way. And, and you can wake up the next day and you can feel like life is great. And that's fine, too. Like, it's it's literally like you can feel whatever you need to feel in the moment and really, truly let yourself feel it. And then you can, it's easier to move on. From yeah, that emotion, absolutely, and that's the thing. I think the the more we suppress an emo, like the longer we suppress an emotion, the longer it stays with us and comes out in like really, it's like the, a walk a mole, you know. And it comes out in like real ways, like weird, like weird ways where it's just like I'm just suddenly angry at this waitress. I'm just suddenly angry at my wife, and it's like no, you're angry at your fucking boss that just fired you this morning. Mm-hmm. He's an, he's the asshole you're angry at, but you can't control that situation. That's why you're here dumping trash on us. A hundred percent. So don't be a piece of shit and don't dump your trash on people and feel your feelings. Um, I uh, I literally have loved talking to you. This was such a great conversation. And I'm so glad that you came on the show. Where can people find you online? Where can they book you? Plug all of your things. Oh my God. Okay. So you can find me at Aya, A-Y-A-T-A-R-I-Q-M-U-A. That's on Instagram. Uh, And my website is www.ayatariq.com. 
dot com. I, I said my name in white way too. Yeah, it's fine. Her website is really beautiful. I'm not going to lie. I was like looking through it the other day. I'm like, it's just so, it's such a pretty website. Oh, and, thank yeah. you, finally. Yeah. Your website is so nice. Like literally I'm like, my website is trash. Your website is so beautiful, but um, I'm going to have all of Aya's, um, her Instagram and her website linked in the des- episode description. Um, and then you could follow Arab American Psycho on Instagram where you will see a beautiful picture of Aya because she is beautiful. And thank you, thank you. I appreciate you so much. And thanks for having this awesome podcast where people just can come and like be themselves with you. <laughs> I love like, it. This was a therapy session. You're my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everyone's mommy and therapist. Don't worry. Anytime, hit me up, whatever you need. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I my favorite thing about this podcast is being able to get to know cool women that I follow online or I come across and I'm like, I want to get to know this person better. Having a podcast is the perfect way to be like, Hey, let's have a conversation. Like, let me get to know you better. It's actually, mm-hmm. it's so it's so fun. And, and I truly appreciate you taking the time to do it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, as always, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Nori, where I post ridiculous things and lots of pictures of myself. And I will talk to you guys next Sunday.